Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Timothy was Paul's son in the Lord, son in the ministry. By his... I guess you might say genetic wiring, he was somewhat of a, a timid young man and struggled with a lot of fear. Uh, he met the Lord, he stayed under his spiritual father. Uh, Paul, and Paul says in uh, chapter 1 verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We said last week that fear is a spiritual force, a spirit of fear. Fear is enabled, empowered, energized by a spirit, a demonic spirit. We went back to Genesis 3 right from the beginning and we saw when Adam and Eve decided to disobey the Word of God that the first manifestation was the shame and fear. The Bible says they ran from the voice of God when they had previously loved and embraced the voice of God. So we know that the devil is a liar and the father of lies, and when we, continue, when we choose to believe a lie, or when we just believe lies out of negligence, we don't do anything about them, there is a spiritual force that gets involved, and this spiritual force operates like this. It is a forecaster of disaster. Always remember this, that the enemy is a forecaster of disaster. It is a spiritual force that projects an undesired result. Oh, no, I don't want that to happen. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that diagnosis. Oh, no, I don't want, oh, boy, I don't want that to happen to me. And our minds communicate, connect with a forecast that we don't want, and our emotions respond to what continually stays on our mind. And eventually... When what stays on our mind affects our emotions, we, continue, we, we eventually choose with our volition to operate in that fear. So it affects our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. But it starts with a word that is out of order with the very character of God. The enemy's character is lies, deception, and fear and shame that result. God's character is faith, hope, and love. So that which comes against your faith is energized by fear. That which comes against your hope is energized by the agent of fear. That which comes against the love of God is from the enemy, the arch enemy of God. He's a liar. And he will try to get you to determine whether or not God loves you based on your present circumstances. 
I said the enemy will always try to get you to determine whether or not God loves you based on how difficult your present circumstances are. If they're going great, then you don't have a problem believing that God loves you. If you're in a place of adversity, then it gets a little more difficult because your emotions scream to your natural mind, if God loves you, you wouldn't be going through this. You wouldn't feel this way. Understand that we can never base the love of God on how we feel on a certain day or whatever our circumstances may be on at that particular time. The origin of fear is a failure to believe a, a word from God, and it connects to the liar, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Last time. We saw that the operation of this fear begins in our mind, it affects our emotions, and finally our, our volition, our will. We said last time in closing, this is war. Fear is a war, and it is brutal. It is intense right now, even in our culture. To win, we're going to have to realign our heart, renew our mind, and renew, realign our words. But I want you to go with me today to 1 John 4. Hopefully you're already there. And I want us to see we pick up right now where we left off last time. 1 John 4, verse 16. We have known, wow, we have known, not just as an intellectual thought, we have known by experience and believed the love that God has for us. Do you believe the love that God has for you? Will you define it by the Word of God and the voice of the Spirit instead of your circumstances today? We have known, we have revelation of it, we know it deep in our inner man and believe that the love that God has for us. God is love. That is, God is characterized by, motivated by, absorbed in, totally consumed by unconditional, unrelenting love. That love is patient and it's kind, does not seek its own way. You read about it in 1 Corinthians 13, a great description. The love of God. Here's a question for me and for you today. Do you have revelation that is growing of how much your God loves you? Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. See, if we get revelation of how much God loves us, we're not afraid of the future. We're not afraid of seeing the Lord. We're not afraid of the judgment of this world. If we know the love of God, because as He is, that is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We are in Christ. God sees us in Christ. God loves us like He loves Christ. God's given us all the covenant benefits that He gave His own Son. He declares that He sees us holy and righteous and blameless and loved and forgiven and accepted in Christ. God can no more reject you than He could reject Jesus. I said God could no more reject you than he could reject Jesus. If you are in Jesus, that can't happen. Hallelujah. Oh, that the revelation of the love of God 
would grow deeper in all of us. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. The, per the perfect love of God casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. How <laughs> many of you know that if we operate in fear, our minds, our emotions have torment and it's energized by the evil one, the spirit of fear. But he who fears has not been made completely mature and perfect in the love of God. So if perfect love casts out fear, and I want to tell you about a mistake I made many, many years ago. Many of you have heard this for many years who've sat under this teaching for a long time. And that is, I came to see many years ago that there was a root of fear on the inside of me. And how many of you know that the Lord will let your circumstances get to that place to where you have to deal with your stuff? I said the Lord will <laughs> let your circumstances get to that place to where you have to deal with your stuff. And there was discovered in me a great... Uh, stronghold of fear that the Spirit of God showed me. And then I thought, well, you know, if I can just get enough faith, I can drive out the spirit of fear. And the Lord said, I want you to go to 1 John 4, 18, what I'm just reading to you today. There's no fear in agape, my love. Your problem, Steve. Oh, the Spirit of God don't ever talk to you by your name. Jesus said, I know my sheep by name. Maybe if you don't hear him speak your name, you haven't been listening closely enough. Your problem is you have never received and fully believed and received my love for you. If you had revelation of how much I love you, you would know I'm not going to let you be destroyed. Some of you think what you need is more money. No, you need greater revelation of the love of God because if he's really your provider, you're not going to be destroyed. Some of you think if you, if you could just get your wife to behave, then everything would be all right. What you need is more of the love of God that is like a magnet that overcomes difficulties and resolves issues. The love of God, the love of God, Lord, give us greater revelation of it. And so when I saw that I had a figure to receive the love of God, I started a journey. I said, God, how do I do that? And he said, well, you receive the love of God the same way you receive anything from me. Now hold your place right there and turn back to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. <coughs> Romans chapter 10. Let's go to verse 17. So now we know that faith, which is how we receive the love of God, comes by what? Hearing what? So your problem, Steve, is that you have never truly believed my word. It's rooted in unbelief. You've never received my love because you don't really believe it. 
So I said, Lord, I'll repent of that. How do I know it? You turn back to the left to Romans 5. Romans 5. What does Romans 5, 5 say? The love of God is where? Poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Are you born again? Does Jesus Christ live on the inside of you according to the Word of God? Yes or no? So the love of God is not out there somewhere for the believer. The love of God has been poured out in your inner man, in your spirit. So it's not that I don't have it, it's that I haven't been connecting with it. So if I'm assuming that I don't have love, I am assuming something that the Word says is not true. If I'm a believer, it's already on the inside of me by the Spirit of God. So what I need to do is learn to connect with it. So I do that by hearing the Word of God, which is faith, which is the connector to the love of God. It is the connector to anything and everything God gives me. It is a gift from God, and it comes by hearing the Word of God. But I receive the Word of God, and I choose. And therefore, if you're like me, I started out with no emotion whatsoever. I didn't get any chill bumps. I didn't see a revelation in the middle of the night. I just said, God, your Word says it. I choose to believe. I choose to believe it by your grace. And I begin to speak the love of God all over my life. I choose to believe it, regardless of how I feel, regardless of my circumstances, and they were overwhelming. They didn't get better all of a sudden, but I choose to begin, I chose to begin to believe the Word of God. And my circumstances didn't get better, but my heart did. My circumstances actually got a little worse immediately, but my spirit man got a whole lot better. And over time, my circumstances lined up with my heart, Jeremiah, and it's been going that way ever since. The love of God is the character of God, and it's the heart of everything God does. So we need to ask the Lord for greater revelation of His love. We believe that we receive it when we pray, regardless of how we feel, and we confess that we have it. And as we continue to do that, as the revelation of God's love gets stronger, the chains of fear begin to be broken. But we have to take action. We have to renew our mind to the Word of God. We have to realign our words because our heart, and our, like the Word said in Matthew 12, 37, Jesus said, by your words you'll be condemned and by your words you'll be justified. You believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. And Jesus said it like this, if you abide in my word, if you stay connected to my word, you will truly be my disciples and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So how does this fear thing get broken? Turn with me to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. 
Boy, this is a powerful psalm written by the Holy Spirit through the agency of David. And I want you to know something about David. Sometimes you just think, well, you know, the word says he was a man after God's own heart, and certainly he was. But how many of you know life was not a picnic for David? Sometimes you just think, well, he was the mighty king of, of Israel, and he was in the bloodline of the Lord Jesus himself. But I want you to remember that um, David lost a child. That's some of the deepest grief you can ever go through. David's family got so messed up that he had a son who sexually assaulted his daughter. I can't imagine anything more troubling than that. And then one of his other sons murdered the son that assaulted his sister. So you've got rape and murder and his children. This was a man after God's own heart. And I am sick of so much of religion saying your children would never struggle if you were just right with the Lord and prayed them out of it. That is nonsense. That is nonsense. People who become to the age of accountability make their own choices. And I'm sick of this society and some, some in, the, in not this fellowship but in the body of Christ have <coughs> fallen into somehow that belief that your children will never struggle if, if you've got a level of faith. That is nonsense. Our children, especially at a certain age, and especially grown children, make their own decisions. We have input, but we don't have control. I said we have input, but we do not have control. Can you say amen? So this David losing a child, having all this turmoil in his family. In fact... One of his sons led a rebellion to get him thrown off the throne of Israel. And he succeeded. He developed a group of loyalists who joined with him, and they actually caused David to have to leave the throne of Israel and run like a slave. Now, I want to ask you something. You ever thought about all the privileges of living in a palace like David lived in and people waiting on you all the time? And now the Bible says he ran for his life and actually hid in a cave. Well, how can a man who's after God's own heart lose his home, lose his palace, lose his job, lose his income? <coughs> how can a man like that how can God love somebody and let that happen to him? I 
I want you to see what David said here now, and let's look at verse 30, uh, chapter 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, he says, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Wouldn't you think you'd have some fears if you see there's chaos in your family and your children are misbehaving? Wouldn't you think you'd have some fears if you lost your home, if you lost your income, if you lost all your friends, if you had to live in a cave? Wouldn't you think you'd have some fears? I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. How many of you know deliverance is not always immediate? I said a deliverance is not always immediate. Sometimes it's a process. Amen. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. How many of you know that you don't have to bear shame even when everything and everybody turns against you? Go before the Lord and let your face beam with the glory of God and quit focusing and allowing what other people may or may not think about you to define who you are. Your well-being, your glory, your identity is not what in anybody thinks about you, about your present circumstances, about your business, about where you are, about how your children are acting. The only thing that really matters is how your father thinks about you, and he's already decided in Jesus Christ. He already decided that. He loves you unconditionally. Do you think it's possible that with all this heartache, all this, this unbelievable chaos, do you think it's possible that David made some mistakes? <laughs> There's no doubt about that, is it? We, we've got full documentation of that. But how many of you know that the fact that David made, God chose David before David was ever born. And God knew David's mistakes. Did you know that God saw you before you were ever born? He loved you. And he chose you regardless of your own choices. Hallelujah. That's grace, bud. That's grace. I sought the Lord and he delivered me. So we know that the deliverer from fear is the Lord. Keep on looking at the Lord. Verse 6, this poor man cried out, David says, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Oh, the power of a heart cry. David was broken, but he cried out. Do you know what a heart cry is? It's not some little pop gun prayer where you say, God help me. A heart cry is when you go, bo go before the Lord and you cry out out of the depths of your soul, mighty, oh my God. My God. In David's journey, there was even a time when he said, My God, why have you forsaken me? That doesn't rattle God Almighty's cage. He can handle that. 
The power of a heart cry gets the attention of the Lord. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. I want to tell you, in, the, in David's journey, in, it didn't look like it immediately, but it became the truth inevitably. Let me say that again. In David's circumstances, it wasn't an immediate deliverance, but it was an inevitable deliverance. Notice what he says in verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. The word fear there means acknowledges lordship, reverences, respects, submits to. That, that's what the fear of the Lord is. How do you think it felt when he was running from the army that his own son had generated and had to live in a cave? think there was an angel in that cave, Tom? You think there's an angel in that circumstance that you're in right now? You know it's true, Dr. Scott. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him, who reverence him, who call on him with the power of a heart cry. You may be in a cave today, but I want to tell you, God has sent an angel to assist you. David was protected. Then he was absolved of any wrongdoing. And then he was restored to the very throne of Israel. He cries out, verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Verse 9, there is no want or lack to those who fear him and keep on fearing him, worshiping him, reverencing him. Young lions lack and suffer hunger. But listen to this. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You may experience some temporary lack right now, but you continue in a place of crying out to God with, a, with an attitude of reverence and lordship, and God will meet every need you've got. Those who keep on seeking the Lord shall not be in lack of any good thing, Edric. Keep on submitting to the Lord and His Lordship. You shall not lack any good thing. Your Lord is your provider. Breaking the spirit of fear. A heart cry. A submission. A trust and an embrace by faith of the love of God that casts out fear. The greater our revelation of the love of God, the less place fear has in our inner man. Well, Pastor, how do I practically do that? We ask the Lord for revelation, 
we submit to his word, we renew our mind with the truth, we realign our words with the truth of the word, and we fully expect the Lord's deliverance, tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. I want you to go on a journey with me. In fact, stand up right now. you to say this with me. Mighty God, I'm tired of fear having any place in my life. And I declare this day, this hour, from this day forward, I will not submit to the spirit of fear. You have given me power, love, and a sound mind. By faith, I believe that the love of God has been poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit. And so right now, I declare that that perfect love that is in me casts out all fear. I receive greater revelation of the love of God poured out in my inner man by the Holy Spirit. I will seek the Lord and He will answer me and deliver me from all my fears. I cry out in faith. I believe I receive the love of God, and I thank you that you do the rest. The spirit of fear is broken off me, and I hereby declare that the spirit of fear will not reside in my home, in my business, in my world, in my children, in my grandchildren. The spirit of fear is cast out in the name of Jesus forever and ever. I stand on the love of God, backed up by the Word of God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I ask for a mighty blessing on these who hear. Mighty blessing, Father. May the blessing of the love of God be manifested in our inner man to a greater degree. Father, I pray that you would pour out that spirit of blessing, of renewal and refreshment on your people and on the sheep of this pasture. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, amen and amen. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.